Hey, y'all, welcome to the Clan Hernandez podcast. There are literally thousands of other things you could be listening to right now. So thank you for choosing to spend your time with us. Our hope is that as you hear our conversations and stories, that we can provide some good laughs, encouragement, tips for navigating certain difficulties in life, and possibly even new perspectives on God the Father. We love y'all. Let's jump in. All right. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Clan Hernandez podcast. Uh, it's Nate here with my wifey, Brookie. Say what's up, baby. Hey, guys. So today we have another uh, heavy hitter for you guys. I told you on the last episode we, got, we had another one for you. So uh, let's get into it. What are we talking about today, babe? We're talking about porn in marriage. So, Thanks. yeah, we're going to have some interesting. Uh, what? <laughs> saying i got a text message so i just just got distracted (laughs) um so we're gonna talk a little bit about your like what you've dealt with um sure and how it's affected our marriage um how we've worked through it and i really think it's important to hear this topic from a woman a lot of times we hear men talk about it to other men but i think it's so important that we talk about it i want to do it from a woman to even a, a wife. Yeah. I think it's going to be good for men to hear it too, but I really want women to hear what I have to say because I'm somebody who's been there and we've walked through it together and we've come out the other side better. Yeah. But I, I will also say that the way that you've handled the issue, the way that you've um, kind of walked with me through it mm-hmm. uh, is, is different than a lot of, you know, a lot of stories that we've heard from people in our, in our circles and people that are just, you know, um, that we've heard about, we've heard their testimonies, their stories, you know, that have either sought them through to the end and they, 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 you know, got through it together or, and ended up in, in divorce, you know? And so we've cut, we've, we've seen lots of stories. Right. And, um, yeah, you're totally right. I think for me, I would just want to preface with like, we want grace in this episode. 100%. Um, we aren't perfect, um, clearly. And I want people to know like maybe how I handled situations. Maybe that's not how everyone's going to handle it. But I will say that I tried my hardest in every area to seek the Holy spirit. Sure. And I think that he has given me some good like keys and ways to view Yes. Uh, what you were dealing with, struggles you were right. dealing with. And so I just want to be able to talk about it. Yes. This story doesn't always invic- in, end in victory for people. Yeah. A lot of times it does end up in divorce. And that doesn't yeah. mean that they did it wrong per se. Yeah. We Every single person's story has its little intricacies and it has its reasons for why things got where they went. Yeah. And so, like we said, man, there's no... like. There's no judgment here for how, you know, how things might have gone for you or for someone that you know. You know, our our hope in this is to kind of just share, like Brooke was saying, how the Lord walked us through this issue and continues to walk us through the issue. Yeah. Um, because um, you can't you can't go through you can't go through this topic in our own power, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not to say that those that ended up in divorce because of this issue weren't walking with the Lord through it. Again, there's so many different intricacies, but yeah. I think I think in our story, in people hearing our story, I think it'll help, um, you know, at least a few people. Yeah, you know, definitely. So, so go ahead, so, baby. You can start us off if you like. I think we should start off by talking about a little bit about your story with this so um when did you really get exposed to porn mm-hmm. clear like obviously we're going to you were addicted to porn so yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. talk about where this all started yeah yeah so just just like she said um i have struggled with an addiction to the issue uh since i was i don't know sixth grade when i was kind of reintroduced to it but basically my first exposure to it was probably somewhere in like third grade my dad had borrowed my uncle's like cable box 
back in Are you the late about 90s. Are you like blast someone right now? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. The cable boxes back then, like, it just had every channel. Okay, you know I'm too saying? advanced for this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, what was recorded on there? No, no, no. No, the cable boxes, it just, like, they just had every channel. That had you can, cable. That's all you're trying to say. Right. Had cable. We, we didn't it. have cable. You didn't cable. have cable. Remember last episode, we were talking about how you didn't have the money. Oh, dude. my pa- Yeah, we just didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have... my And beyond that, my parents have just always been super old school with tech. Yeah. Like, I didn't get a they cell phone. They didn't get internet until after we started dating. Yeah. Anyways, like, that has nothing to do with wild. this. Wild. So. I'm like, dude, you guys are behind. Um, but um, anywho, yeah. So my dad had borrowed my uncle's uh, cable box and... Um, one day, me and my cousins, we came home from school because we, we used to walk to and from our elementary. And uh, my cousin lived, like, the neighboring street. Mm-hmm. So we would just walk home together. And um, so anyway, we turn on the TV, browsing through, oh, my dad has got the cable box. We can look at, like, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon or yeah, Disney right? Channel exactly or Cartoon Network or whatever. And so we're flipping through, and this is, like, right after school, mm-hmm. daytime, and we flip through and we end up on a porn channel. And it's just the wildest thing that any person would be able to see, like, would want to see. Yeah. Let much less third grader. a third grader. Yeah. And so, and I remember we're, like, sitting there. It's three of us. It's three of my, my me and my two cousins. And we're just, like, just frozen and, like, what is, what is this? Yeah. What are they doing? You could just imagine, like, what was happening. Yeah. And it's, like we're baffled and we're probably watching this thing for a solid minute, like Mm. 60 solid seconds of just, and then my older cousin, he walks in and he's like, Hey, what are y'all watching? And he comes in and we're like, we freak out. We're, you know, hearts pounding. And we're like, Oh, I don't know. We just changed. We were just turning the, you know, turning the TV on and flipping through the channels, like, you know, fumbling over our words, just like I am right now. (laughs) And it's like, you know, you're nervous. Yeah. And like, cause you know, it's bad. Yeah. You don't know why it's wrong, but you know it's wrong. Yeah. It's innate. It's like his word is written in our hearts. It's like it, like we know yeah. when something is not right. And uh, it, you don't have to be taught that. My mom never taught me that at that young of an age that uh, looking at naked ladies is wrong. You just knew. Yeah. Of course. So if that's when you were first exposed, like when did you first become... Like yeah. it became an addiction over, yeah. obviously it grows over time. So. Right. And so I never really dealt with the issue. Um, after that, it was something that just as a kid, you just never think about, you know, you'd think of other kid things, you know, just hanging out with your cousins and friends and games yeah. and right. And, uh, so I, we moved from El Paso to a small little town I've mentioned it before. And it's about four hours South of, uh, El Paso. It's called Presidio. <laughs> and, uh, so living in Presidio, there's not, it's a town. It's like a small little town. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no McDonald's there. There's no Walmart there. There's no That's Target. a small town, but there's no McDonald's. There ain't no McDonald's. You're nothing. small town. No subway? They, always have they subway got there. a subway when I was in high school. So they were a small, small town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no Dairy Queen, nothing. It was just pretty, it was pretty wild. I don't think they All had All you had Queen. was mom's cooking? Oh, man. Oh. Oh, darn. What a struggle. <laughs> My mama can cook, y'all. And, um. She'll cook you up with that word too, you know what I'm saying? That's true. And um, so anyway, we're in this small town. I don't really know a lot of people, but I end up making uh, friends with uh, the local skater kids um, and uh, the little rockers. Mm Because this little town, it was just a bunch of like, um, it was like a bunch of kids, like Mexicano kids, Mexican kids who, you know, dressed up in like, you know, cowboy hat nice button-up shirts yeah. really you know like uh like nice cowboy jeans and the boots and you know like the cowboy like the mexican cowboy kind of kind of look you know the cinch clothing and all that stuff like and so everybody there was into sports but like but also you know their culture was just different than the skaters and the little rockers yeah and so we didn't dress like them we didn't act like them mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so especially me a little city kid and so I am Mexican, but like, like, not like that, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, so anyway, we start hanging out with the little rocker kids and they become some of my best friends in the world. And the school had got a grant 
And the school was able to basically buy laptops for Mm -hmm. every student, every student. Yeah. So you got to go home with these laptops, Mm -hmm. do homework, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, these, a lot, a lot of these kids didn't have a lot of money to, to, to to do that. Right. And so the schools would provide it. So anyway, obviously you give a kid a laptop at that age, you know, how old are you probably at this point? Sixth grade. And so I'm one year younger than everybody because I was okay. I was a year right, ahead Nate's of a my grade. Baby genius, so he skipped the grade. <laughs> and so I I uh I was in the same grade as students who were basically a year older than me. Mm-hmm. And so dude, I'm not like 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 sex stuff is just it wasn't even on my mind. Mm-hmm. I had no I had no um like curiosity is that what you're looking for Um, curiosity but i just it just wasn't on my radar yeah and so then you know the guys are all talking about like hey like do you guys watch porn you know oh do come check this out you know and pulling up you know they kind of bypassing the firewall you know using proxies and different ways to like get around the lockdown school wi-fi or or we'd take it home and they'd have you know wi-fi there at their house and yeah you know and they'd be like oh check this out you know and showing us like We'd all be watching porn together. Wow. Those sixth grade boys, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're all just like, whoa, dude, what? And and then they, you know, along with that, they start talking about, like, masturbation. And have you ever done that? It's like, yeah. you know, this, it feels so good. You should try it out. And I, dude, I'm a, I'm a year younger than these guys. But I feel like I'm, you know, finally finding people that are, inter- like, they're, like, cool kids. And they're yeah. interested in, like, skating and rock music and the stuff that I like. Yeah. And, um, so I'm fitting in and, but then there's, there's this thing they're talking about that I just don't relate to at this point. I'm like, yeah. what? I, I don't even know what this is. And so yeah. obviously I liked it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you're around that age, you're starting to, you know, come of age. Right. And so I'd go home and it, the, the images would come right back. Like, oh dang, that's right. I could look this up. Yeah. And so I would find like n- local, like neighboring Wi-Fi like unlocked Wi-Fi, yeah, and just you know connect to theirs and and uh, start just browsing to my satisfaction, yeah. and um, quickly became an addiction. Quickly became something that we always talked about. All the guys were always laughing about and sharing your favorite, you know, your favorite, uh, you know, porn actress, your favorite or porn star, like, um, you know, different scenes. We would just. We, that was just part of what we did. We shared yeah. music, we shared skate videos, and we shared like porn videos, and just yeah, that's what we what we did. Yeah, and we and we you know when we'd play games and stuff for typical teenage stuff, including porn. Yeah, and so especially in the small little town where like you don't really have anything to do per se. Yeah, you know, I remember we even went to like uh, all those little skater kids like seventh eighth grade. We all skated to the the local city. Um, uh, what do they call it? Where like the mayor is at the mayor's office? Yeah. Um, city hall. Yeah. And we like requested to speak with the mayor and like to ask for him to like build a skate park for us because oh. we didn't have like we would skate the local bank. We would yeah. skate like just the sidewalks. You didn't have much to do. No, <laughs> like we'd go over to each other's houses, play Xbox, play Halo. Something. So one guy would be over, like, uh, one of the guys is not playing Halo with us. He's over here, you know, yeah. pulling up a porn site. Like, yeah, that's just what happened. So it started then at, you said, like, fifth grade. Sixth grade is sixth really grade. when it started. I was a fifth, fifth grade, grade age, age, but. And it just continued. Oh, yeah. So then was there ever a point when you, because you came to the Lord at what, 16, 17? Um. Like 15, 16, yeah. Well, I'm really good at ages today. Um, so you came I was at, a sophomore. Okay, sophomore yeah. in high school. So several years of this addiction. Oh, yeah. And so you get saved. Do you feel a tug from the Lord to get rid? Like, what oh, do you well, feel? a thousand percent, yeah. So, so obviously. So, like, do you feel shame about, like, I. Yeah, so. This isn't something I struggled with. Sure. Like, I just don't. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we had, um, I, I had an age where we went to the youth camp that I talked about in the last YFN. podcast and um, yeah, YFN. And in that moment that we were talking about in the last episode where the love of the father just kind of just like, I actually for the very first time felt a tangible God. I felt yeah. God's presence. I like very, you know, 
Kim Walker very so, so thick and tangible. Yeah, like, it's true. Like you felt something heavy in the room that you've yeah. never felt before. You feel something within yourself that you've never felt felt before, uh, and just a, an overwhelming sense of love. And in and along with that, I felt the Lord. I literally in my mind saw an image of a slate, just like a almost mm. like something that you like serve breakfast in, yeah. right? But like like a metal like silver slate mm -hmm. and uh and i just saw the hand of the lord or, or the holy spirit just wiping it clean mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm, I'm cleaning i'm wiping your slate and not just like of your past mistakes it was i'm wiping the slate of, of your mind and the way that mm -hmm. you think because at this age at this point when i go to this youth camp i've been struggling with porn addiction and um the way that i've the way that um i uh, just kind of treated relationships with girls. It was all very physical, yeah. right? Because it was all, it, it's it's fed by lust, yeah. right? And if, if what you're feeding yourself is just a bunch of lust and, and sexual perversion, that's what you're going to crave in your relationships. Yeah. And so a lot of my relationships were, you know, they had a lot of sexual aspects. Now I maintained my virginity yeah. partially because I was scared that what, of what my mom, I felt like my mom would just, no she would have a just dream or something right that i did something wrong y'all yeah. know how moms are especially spiritual mamas they just know yeah and so i was always scared that somehow my mom was gonna find out or somehow god was gonna end up smiting me while i'm you in know act. in the act and so i was like like i said in the last episode like i wasn't really religious myself per se but i still believed that there was a god out there yeah and that the one that i was taught was he hates sin and he hates sinners. And because I grew up in a Christian house, I was probably going to get smitten because I'm doing the worst thing that a Christian kid could do. Yeah. Have the sass. And so. Yeah. So you didn't. <laughs> did not, right? I maintained my virginity. And so, anywho, came to the Lord and I my porn addiction for an entire year, clear. Wow. In a moment, in an instant, things that guys begged the Lord for, yeah. for years and years and years. And I've been on that end of it even after that moment because I, I reopened that door later on. Yeah. And just begging the Lord, Lord, do it again. Like, clear me from, like, wipe my slate clean, Lord. Like, clean my mind up. And the way that I was, the way I even viewed girls just drastically changed overnight. Girls that I used to talk to, girls that I was interested in, girls that I would flirt with, girls that we used to just mess around with, like, I never, I didn't even, I couldn't even see them in a sexual way. Mm. I saw them as daughters of of a king who loved them so much and wanted him, wanted them to know him. Yeah, that's what it, like mm. I saw them as. I know, like literally, my entire perspective of sex and all of that just changed overnight. And yeah. so for an entire year, I didn't deal with anything sexual and lust, like lust wise. Yeah, and um. Man, it was such a great yeah. time of, of, of freedom, actually experiencing it. And then I reopened it, reopened that door one day. It was just a moment of weakness. Yeah, I was going to say a moment of weakness, yeah. I'm sure. Just a moment of weakness, and I was just like, oh, that's right. And so then once you opened it, was it not like a, okay, the shame we're was, done? No, the like, shame was wild. I did wild. it once, and I'm never doing that again. No. Nope. <laughs> you were like, The shame nah. was wild. Obviously, you feel a lot of shame. A lot of guys know this, especially in the you know guys in the church. Um, the shame of messing up, uh, is heavy. Yeah. You're just like, as soon as you're done, you're just like, oh, bro, why did I do that? It's so stupid. Lord, I'm sorry. You know, and it's just the shame cycle yeah. of, of reminding yourself, I, I'm, or I have, you know, the Holy Spirit reminding you, no, you're a son. I love you. You're, you're the righteousness of Jesus. Yeah. You know, just get up, try again. Yeah. Or, get up and don't do it again yep, and then yep. you do it again you know and it's just like it's just this like shame cycle uh because once it like has a grip on you it's so hard no pun intended it's so difficult to <laughs> you know <laughs> it's so difficult to uh to overcome that issue yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> i love when brooke smirks at me <laughs> And it's just telling you, I love don't it. do that. <laughs> just kidding. Don't be yourself, don't Nate. Don't be yourself, Nate. Come on. I'm just kidding. And so, um, yeah, it was such a, it was a difficult thing because there's, it's that Paul struggle. It's like doing the things that I don't want to do 
Yeah, I know our wrong. I know our wrong, and it's like I but, don't want to do what's right, but, but I'm doing what's wrong. But my flesh is yeah. It's like and the things that I know I should do, I'm not. And it, yeah, and it's a cycle. Yeah, and it's it, it true. becomes it's so. It's such a battle. Like it, it is really, a battle. It really is. And I um, you know, when I look at my biological father and and just the things that I would assume he dealt with, you know, I mean, him and my mom would you know they messed around. Yeah. However much, however many times they messed around, and at least once, yeah, and then on <laughs> at, at least, least the once. one time, okay, and it was successful. <laughs> it was successful, you know. And my mom, you know, uh, she lapse of judgment, just la- you know, just in her growing in the Lord, you know, had that relationship with Him, and and uh, just even father figures in my life, and you know, I know that I've dealt with this issue, mm-hmm. and uh, and I remember just feeling so alone on this issue because I like there was a season where I was I was doing it like six times a day mm. at, at a certain point yeah. as much as I could. If I was at home, like one of the ways that I would kind of get away from that feeling that we talked about in the last episode of like, you know, if I wasn't, ho- if I was home, it wasn't really a happy space. Yeah. One of the ways that it made it a happy space for myself was watching porn or yeah. playing games or whatever, you know? And so just getting my mind off of my realities. Mm-hmm. And so I felt alone in it. And yeah. then I realized when I got to, to Bible school that, um, I was not alone by any means. Yeah. There's, I've literally told you this before and, and many other friends who have, you know, had this conversation with me at Bible school, even before Bible school, just of every man that I know, I, in, in, on one hand, I can count the amount of men that I know who've never dealt with a porn, a porn struggle. Yeah. Whether it be an addiction in a season or whether it be a longer, a long-term addiction to some degree, not dealing with that issue because of the way that it's so accessible to us, the way that it's just so freely like advertised to us. Well, it's even not like, it's not even accessible. It's literally just like in your face. You don't even go looking for it and there it pops up. I used to not believe my friends whenever they would would say, uh, so true when they would say like, Oh dude, I got off Instagram because, bro, Instagram was, like, showing me porn. I'd be like, bro, Instagram doesn't allow porn. Like, they have, yeah. like, algorithms for that. What do you mean? And I would think that they're just talking about, like, chicks and bikinis and stuff, and they're labeling that porn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like it's I, don't, I don't consider that porn. And Like, I'm not saying you can go look at ladies in bikinis. I'm saying, like, they would see a picture of it come up, and they sometimes I would think, oh, you're just over-exaggerating about what you consider porn. Until I would, like, I started following, like, Nature is wild and like all these like, um, food accounts. Yes. Different things. Just yeah. rank like normal everyday pages mm-hmm. and they're posting porn Yeah, because of like, there's these pages that will pop up that specifically want to feed that. Yeah. And so they'll collaborate with another page that's, that everybody follows so that they can you get see the views. content. Yeah. 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 And I remember for the first time, like seeing porn on instagram and i'm like dude i can't freaking escape this yeah what the heck yeah it's so hard and i think i'm gonna talk about this a little bit if that's okay oh please do no please do so for us you don't have to ask me girl you're your own woman (laughs) so for nate and i um i knew i figured because i went to the same bible college as him and it was talked about quite a bit you know people dealing with porn and different stuff and i like assumed most men probably dealt with it. And so when we got engaged is when we finally talked about if you dealt with porn or how much or whatever. Well, no, we, we talked about it while we were dating. I don't remember dating. I remember specifically we were already engaged. And then I'm sure we probably did. Agree to disagree. Uh, no, we probably <laughs> did talk about it. Apparently I loved you so much I didn't remember. So I remember. I remember the first time I remember was when we were engaged and we were pulling up to my parents' house and we were talking about it and you were like, yeah, I struggle with porn. And I remember being like, all right, we're about to get married. (laughs) This is it. What's going to happen? Like I, in my head, I was like, he's not going to just stop because we get, we get married. Sure, sure, sure. And why, and why did you think that? Because it's a pretty common lie that what? That that once you get married, you're not going to struggle with porn anymore. For me, all I could think was this is an addiction. Like if this is an addiction, it's not just going to miraculously get cured by my, I don't know how to have 
sex body. Like, let's be honest here. I had never had sex. So for me, I was like, we all know I'm not going to cure this. I'm not going to be the end all be all. Like I'm not. And not in a mean way, but just in a real, like I'm a very realistic person. And so for me, I was just like, this isn't going to be it. So I remember in that moment, I was like, all right, we got to start praying, Brooke. You got to start praying for this man because he's not going to overcome this just because you're going to give yourself to him when you get married. Sure. And so I, go go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say that like the reason why I remember us talking about it while we were dating was because we would do like fasts from each other. Mm -hmm. I know super Christian. We're going to talk about that in a later episode. (laughs) We would, (laughs) we would do fasts from each other. We did. It had its healthy aspects. I think we overdid it, but it definitely was needed. And so, um, but there were, I remember during our fast being like, she's going to leave me because of our conversations. Mm. And so I know that we had the conversations while we dated, but maybe, I don't know. I think I, I didn't know. feel the weight of it until we were going to get married. Sure. Because then I knew that that was also going to be something that I was going to have to deal with. Sure. Um, Inevitably. Yeah. And so with, we're going to talk about, let's talk about the next part, which yeah. is uh, about how it affected our marriage. Sure. So. We, I knew that you'd struggled with this. And so once we got married, um, it was a little tough. Sure. Uh, sex was because. Like right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. Because I, like, I know every, like, I am not a porn star. I am a normal human. Yeah, but you hot though. I know you think I'm hot. Typical youth pastor uh, quote there. <laughs> so. To my hot wife. Yeah. So for me, it was, you know, it was a little bit. It was still fun, like it was fantastic, you know, but to me, it, it could have been an opportunity where I just felt so deflated. Sure. And I think a lot of women. You can tell them why. Why? Like, why did you feel deflated? Because I felt like I wasn't what you needed or wanted. Sure. Or- but, but but the reason why was because my porn addiction was at such a height. Oh, yeah. That. Can, let me give you a little bit of a back understanding, kind of a preface to this stuff. Not you, but the, you know, the person listening as we've had this conversation a thousand times, but, um, with porn, it literally, it, it affects your brain in the same way that literal drugs do. And if, if it's the same portion of your brain that, uh, that, you know, that addicts, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of go through with you know their drug addictions and so and what's happening is with porn a lot of times uh it's not just one video you're watching mm-hmm. it's like a buffet it's mm-hmm. a i'm going uh that video looks good new tab that video looks good new tab new tab and so you're opening you know 20 tabs 10 you know 10 to 20 tabs and you start watching them and you just kind of you, it's like a, like a buffet. Yeah. And so you're going from, from this look and this kind of video and this kind of position and this kind of this and this, this and that until you get, you know, to your destination yeah. and you do that for years and years and years. And what, what, uh, what ends up happening is you start training your mind. It literally creates what's called neural pathways. Yeah. You're, you're creating neural pathways in your brain that say in order for you to get here, you need to go through this path here. Mm-hmm. You need this, 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 and that mm-hmm. to get here. Yeah. And while my wife wasn't 20 different women, you weren't Mm-mm. all of the different things that I that I You'd have to see. Trained yourself almost. To get yeah. to that point. Yeah. So on our wedding night, it was, as fun. It was as, so fun, but it was. As it, it was. was it was deflating to you yeah. because I couldn't get there. And I think for me. It was, it was hard. I, there's something specific that I remember. Um, we were on our honeymoon. So we went straight from wedding What's next. A, sorry, sorry. No, Just, I, the, there was still like the aspect of like nervousness because it's the first oh, time. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, so you, you pile nerves on top of the fact that like I just couldn't get there. That's an easy way for your, you to feel def- deflated. Sorry, yeah, and go I ahead. will say I didn't feel super deflated. Like I just was like. Oh, well, darn. Okay. Sure. We'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. And so. But it hits you later. It hit me more when we were on the honeymoon. Yeah. So we're on the honeymoon. We're on a cruise. It was awesome. And I remember we were a few days into our honeymoon and we were sure. doing the deed. 
and it was going you do. exactly how it had been going. And I remember we stopped and I was l- like laying there and I, f- I just felt so vulnerable because we were, I was exposed, right? Literally. And I remember laying there and feeling like hurt and just like in my head, like you're not enough. You're never like, I might cry. You're never going to be enough. Like there's no way you can be what he has always encountered. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, be patient with him. Mm. And I remember being like, okay. And it felt like almost like be patient with him long term, but also like in this moment, be patient with him. And so I stayed there in bed. And like a few minutes later, you, you probably don't even remember, but I remember like it was real quiet. Neither of us talked. And then you just were like, I just want you to know like you're enough for me. And in that moment, I was like, it was the affirmation that I needed. And it was kind of from that moment on, I was like, you know what? A lot of times we think men need to take their thoughts captive, but also we as women who have husbands who deal with this, we need to take our thoughts captive. Like we believe so many lies about ourselves because of what our husbands do. We say, I'm not enough because of what you deal with. I'm not, I'm not sexy enough or I'm not, you know, I'm never going to be what he wants me to be or I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not physically attractive enough. Like we, we put ourselves these labels on ourselves that are lies solely because of what you're dealing with. And we need to take those thoughts captive. Like I shouldn't be thinking those things about myself because it's not true. And if you stop believing those lies, it's so much easier for you to see clearly like the struggle that you're dealing with. It's not so, uh, you're not so offended. Sure. And I think because I did that, it was easy for me to not say offended at you. And was it was easier for me to see you almost like through Christ's eyes. And I was burdened and, and sad that you dealt with such a struggle yeah. as opposed to feeling attacked by you and being like, well, how dare you do that? Which there were moments I felt of that course, way, of course, of course because naturally. it's like, man, I stink and saved myself for yes. you. And I was told that it's going to be this amazing. And you saved yourself for me. Sure. And you think it's going to be this amazing, like, rendezvous. And I'm literally, like, it's not a rendezvous. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, it's just, it wasn't, you know, what everyone had ex- told me it was going to be. Sure. Or even what I had made it up in my mind. Sure. And I had so many opportunities to be so mad at you. But I feel like because I in those moments allowed the Holy Spirit to kind of speak to me a little bit. Um, and I think also something that was big is I knew your character and I knew that you were a man who like truly genuinely loved the Lord. And I knew that you probably didn't want this addiction. Not at all. You didn't want to be dealing with I don't with know this. a single like genuine, like genuine, sincere believer who wants yeah. to have that struggle. Yeah. Every time we, sh- we fall, there's this shame battle that we go through. Yeah. It's like, dude, come on, like do better. Yeah. But it's literally an addiction and yeah. and it's hard for a lot of times spouses or, or someone you know, who's like, I've never dealt with an addiction sure, in my life. Sure. Exactly. And so for me, like I, tr- I'm very disciplined person. Yeah. And so for me, my default outside of the Lord showing me other things, my default is to think people who aren't disciplined are lazy sure, and they don't care. Yeah, yeah. And so there were times I felt that about you, like, well, he just doesn't care to stop. Mm. And the Holy Spirit would be like, girl, that's my son. I'm just kidding. But like, I needed to not be thinking those things about you. There's some truth to that. There is truth, but I think. But it's, but it, a lot of times the, the enemy is, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to like, we're going to be spiritual. It is. No, 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 oh, no. Okay. We're going like, to be spiritual. I'm just saying like, I'm not trying to make, you know, a woman out to be influenced by Satan. If she, no. you know, no, that's not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is a lot of times like the enemy is the, is the accuser of the brethren and what he, his, his job is to remind us of who we're not. Yeah. You're not, you know, this believe you know this strong believer or you're not you know you're and and he tries to to use other people also in our to life to to accuse yeah um and to it's like he, he takes partial truths like yeah like was i being lazy in my pursuit and to and trying to stop i don't know if i was being lazy but i think i could have tried to put things in place more boundaries yeah i could i, sh- I could have been more proactive Definitely. about having boundaries and so it's like he takes that one little thing and co- and 
and you know Shh, blows it up. lazy you know and he is lazy or he's That's not a you know, label. he's not trying yeah. enough you yeah. know he's not trying hard enough or whatever yeah uh, or he's always gonna like for me it was the thing i was always here was like you're always gonna struggle with this you're never gonna overcome it fully you did it for a year but that was it that was your like that was your your, your one like major grace moment yeah and that's not gonna happen again and um but yeah, and so that's just like the, the enemy loves to come in and accuse. Mm-hmm. He he brings shame. He brings um, um, he twists our identity, you know. Yeah. And so, anyway, continue here. That's of yeah. That's pretty much what I was gonna say. Is just you know a lot of times we um, think that you need as the husband need to change your mindset, but I think it's also we need to as wives not allow the enemy to speak lies about us solely because of what our husband does. Right. And the second thing that I would like to say to uh, wives is, or, or any spouses that deal with it is, or they're, they're sorry, a spouse who has a spouse who deals with it. Sorry. My, my dog was escaping. They may, they may not even hurt. I didn't at you. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody might've thought that I was I at my wife. About that. Okay. So <laughs> I did not even think about that. Um, I'll do it to the dog sometimes, and Brooke will be like, "Did you just me?" <laughs> no, I did it to the dogs. <laughs> Anyways, rapid trail. <laughs> so, um, I would like to like. I think the other thing that I would really just want to make sure that I tell uh, a spouse is, um, I think a lot of times we think uh, women who are in the church or you know spouses that. Um, that it's not out. We feel like we've, uh, people have put it on us that it's, um, that it's our burden to bear. Okay. Hear me out again. We're covered in grace in this episode. I would like to say that it is kind of our burden. It is sort of our burden to bear in that I'm called to pray for you in that I'm called to lift you up. I'm not supposed to put shame on you. You already have enough shame. That's not mine. Like, I'm not supposed to put that on you. I'm supposed to, my calling as your wife, it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. If you were struggling with alcoholism, I would be on my knees begging for the Lord to allow you to stop drinking alcohol. Right. We're not talking about a guy going out and cheating. And, no. and, and, and we're talking, you know, and we're not talking about abuses. Like, no. get yourselves out of those situations by all means, y'all. Like, but I don't think to, anyone thinks that I'm talking about that. Like, no, we're no. solely talking about right. porn right now. Sure, 100%. And so I think... I think sometimes people um, no. in different situations might conflate, or not conflate, but correlate porn, a porn addiction to, well, he was also doing this, this, and that. We're solely talking we're about talking, porn just, just right talking now. about, yeah. All I'm saying is, if your husband was dealing with something else that maybe you'd right. see as less... 100%. The reason that porn is tricky is because it's brought into your marriage sexually, and sex is the only thing that should be between you and your husband. Yeah. And that's why it feels when it so feels personal. personal. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It feels so personal as a wife. It feels like an attack on you right. when it's not. It's literally an attack from the enemy. He doesn't want our marriage to succeed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to be intimate with each other because that is something that God has given us. It's a gift that God has given us. Right. And when we're intimate with each other, we are we are more connected. We are more one. And that's part of it. We're, it's a it's a holy thing a in, holy in that thing. moment. Like I know this is weird, but like, dude, the Lord is in that. The Lord is like He is this thing. It's a beautiful, obviously a beautiful thing that He made, right? But it's like when when we're in when we're intimate with each other, like He's like a part of that process and that experience. It's holy, yeah, it's a holy thing. You know, I know people are probably getting weird about it, like imagining God there no, while we're having no, sex. No, no, like, no. It's just, it's the holy no, thing that it's, he it's made. a beautiful thing. It's a holy thing. And so for me, like, it just really is hard for me when I hear women being like, well, that's not mine. He needs to take care of it himself. And in, for me, I feel this holy conviction that I'm, I feel burdened. I remember there was a time in our marriage where, which this is something we'll talk about probably in a few minutes, but like I would, I'll, once I knew you were struggling, I could ask you at any time, hey, are you struggling with this right now? And you're going to be honest with me. 100%. I have access to all of your stuff. Every, every password. Single, every password. Yeah, all of it. I have access to everything. And I put her, uh, when, when when the thumbprints were on the phone, I'd put her thumbprint yeah. in there. When Now that we're doing face rec, like her face is on my phone, my face is on her phone. Like, And so I know that anything. I have full access and I can't get hurt if I ask him. And he's honest with me. You can get hurt I, as okay, a natural. Sure, I can, but I'm not going to stay offended at you. That's not fair to you. 
You're just not going to use it. As ammo? As ammo or shame me for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, we're here with grace, guys. Yeah. Sometimes I say things as absolutes and I mean them as <laughs> sort of suits. I think one of the things that we did when we were dating, and I'm, I remember having this conversation with you about just like what the struggle is like. Because a lot of times, it, let's just be real. Like I know a lot of a lot of women, especially nowadays, and the numbers have grown exponentially, mm-hmm. but a lot of women deal with porn, but a lot of women don't. Yeah. Like they just don't deal with that issue. And so they don't understand it. And especially in those situations or if like you've had, if they've had like a brother, a father, an old, you know, uh, you know, husband or boyfriend or whatever who dealt with it and just, you know, there's trauma related to all all that stuff too. But a lot of times people like just a lot of women just don't understand the struggle. Yeah. They think of it as, oh, he struggles with porn. He's a pervert. He's this, he's that. As someone who's never dealt with it, it's just like, yeah it's icky you You had you had boyfriends try to like make you watch it with them in the past and like you were always just like i was like oh god this is two seconds (laughs) oh god no i will not be watching this (laughs) but but also you know i didn't hold that against you never held it against me and there of course there are always lapses where like i do allow those thoughts to come like i have had those thoughts come in and i haven't swatted them away right? right but i think in me sharing like the struggle and, sh- and, and kind of, and you being willing to be open to understanding mm-hmm. where, where, where the struggle is coming from, that it's not a personal attack that I remember there was even one time, you know, I'm just going to be frank here. Like me and Brooke, we had just gotten done yeah. doing the deed. Like, and I had a great time, y'all. She took care of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm not, okay, I'm just like, it was a great time, right? It was a good, it was a good little sesh. And so we get done. I just like moments later, moments, I'm looking at our wall and I see like this old like cobweb and I'm just like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go clean that up. And so as I'm cleaning the little cobweb off, off the cobweb off the wall, an old like, a scene, a scene that I that I had watched at one point, just like immediately just popped in my head, a completely different woman, completely different, you know, c- circumstance of the scene of this video that I'd watched. Moments after me and my wife had a very successful session, it wasn't like I was, you know, sexually uh, frustrated yeah, or deprived or yeah. didn't get mine. Like, no, my wife. And I had a great time. We were intimate together. It was, it was beautiful. And then it's just so like the enemy to just come in and just, exactly. you know, yeah. and, and it's something that like, I, I'm not asking for it. I'm not asking to, you know, for an opportunity to go mess up. It's an addictive thing and you have to, it's, they're literally neural pathways that get built within our brains over years and years and years of the struggle. And you have to rewire your mind. You can literally by training your mind to get over those um, those those things that trigger you, getting getting outside of the moments that like that you know you struggle, you you usually uh, you know usually fall to this issue when this this and this are happening, or when you're by yourself or this like get out of those situations and do that long enough, you can literally re- rewire yeah your neural pathways yeah and relearn things. But more than that, guys, like more than more than you know the practical tools of you know setting up boundaries and getting accountability partners and getting people around you to because to support those are all you. good things you need those things i'm gonna like, and i will say that you do need those things yeah. you know reading books like on your own and, and 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 trying to get as much um you know practical tools and tips to to help you in the struggle more than any of that dude you need to get in the word you need to get alone with the Lord and allow him to wipe the slate clean. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a weekly thing, Lord, like you're, I'm, I don't know that I'm ever going to stop being tempted. Oh yeah. As a man who has dealt with this issue for as long as I've dealt with it, I don't know that I'll ever stop being tempted. Can I stop being tempted? Yeah. The Lord can totally do that. But I think more than the Lord wanting to take away your temptation, the Lord wants you to walk in your identity yeah. and wants to remind you of who you are and remind you that 
you know, he is your grace. He is your strength to help defeat this issue. Mm-hmm. And there might be traumas. Like just on a practical side, there might be traumas. I've got best friends, friends in my life that their porn struggle came because of, of traumas that happened to them. Yeah. And they never even realized it until it came to the point where their world was crumbling around them because mm-hmm. of the issue. And they went to go seek professional help. And then they realized, oh, shoot. When I was a kid, this happened. When I was a kid, blah, 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 like this, this, and that happened. And that's where all the, like the root of the, a lot of this stuff is, right? Now, n- mm-hmm. nothing really ever happened to me that like, there's really no trauma behind there per se, but. It doesn't have to. Exactly. But there's so many well. different reasons why people might struggle with the issue. But I think having a spouse, a partner, a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, like who is going to, who's going to be a safe place for you to, to come to. So I don't have to worry about feeling shamed, but I can come to her in. Probably not girlfriend, boyfriend. No, well, I'm just saying like <laughs> when we were dating, you didn't I was come, honest. You didn't confide in me. No, I didn't confide I don't in you. I think you should be doing that. No, but I came you to you and I, and I was honest with to you. I was honest that with was you about the issue. That, yeah. And then we started getting engaged and I was able to start like opening mm-hmm. it more up to you and, and about I think that it's stuff. Like, okay, so something I want to kind of move into now yes. is how we walk in, we, how we've walked kind of in victory in, hold on, I'm blind. <laughs> how to walk in victory <laughs> over it <laughs> together. Uh, you can turn your brightness up, love, if you want to. <laughs> I can't to. see anything that far Yeah, that was funny. Well, I did see it once it got closer to my face. So... <laughs> That's the only way if you're listening, (laughs) I had to put it very close to my face. So, um, some practical steps or maybe not like maybe they don't have to be practical steps of how we've kind of walked in victory. Um, do you want me to start it off? Yeah, please. Um, so for me, I don't even know if I finished talking about this a few minutes ago. Sorry, It's okay. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Um, this, like I said, this is how, like, if you were having dinner with us, these are how our conversations would go. Um, so number one for me is pray for your spouse. I don't care how hurt you are, how mad you are, how right you feel, even how right you possibly are. Like you need to pray for your spouse. And it took for me, I remember there was, uh, I was just, this was what I was getting into uh, a while ago. I remember there was a time where you kind of opened up to me about it. I asked you and you were honest. And I remember just, I started crying and you were like, Brooke, I'm so sorry. Like you felt so guilty. And I remember I was crying because I felt like, man, I should have been not like, it wasn't like a bad guilt, but it was like, when was the last time I prayed for him Mm. in this area? months months and I felt like man as his wife and I know that's something he struggles with that should be one of the first things I pray for like if I have family members who don't know the Lord I'm praying for them every day I'm begging for God to save them why not something so much more personal that includes me right and so praying for your spouse number one number two just I would definitely say like setting up those boundaries, being very honest, like having open communication with your spouse, um, not being afraid. Like if you, as a, as a wife, you, you sometimes feel it, you know what I mean? And not being afraid of the answer and not being trying not to react rather respond, you know, and if they do it for the 20th time and they say, yeah, I'm dealing with it again. You not being like, well, as, as I've told you a million times and how are you not right. changing? And y- you want to be that way, right? Like you want to be frustrated, but as, as Christians, like you and I should look like Jesus and the church, right? The bride and, uh, Jesus. Right. And when I, you know, for me, it really took a mindset shift for me to look at it and say, okay, right now I'm stinking hurt. I feel not enough. I feel frustrated that he's not stopping. I feel frustrated because this is not something I'm bringing into our marriage. Sure. I'm staying I'm staying pure. I'm frustrated. I'm hurt. And I remember just having to shift my mind and say, okay, Lord, how do you view this situation? Because it's clearly not how I'm viewing it. How do you view Nate? How do you view the situation? And how can I help him? Because ultimately, if I help him, it's going to be a win-win for both of us. And just trying to see it through the, the Lord's eyes rather than through my lens of pain. Right. 
you know? Yeah, you, keep, you can keep going. I'm going to look something um, up. So for me, those are probably like the main things that I as a wife have done. And also just like I've tried really hard not to ever uh, talk bad about you and that struggle to anyone. Sure. I never even talked about it until recently, until you started opening up more about it. I didn't tell a soul because that's not, for me, I felt like that's not mine to tell. doesn't matter how much, maybe somebody who's outside of our, people who didn't know you, maybe I would talk to a professional, but like I would never talk to my friends about a struggle that you're dealing with because I feel like that's not honoring of you so much. Um, now we talk about it because you're you're okay with it. But before, when you were really dealing with it, I wasn't going to go telling people about your struggle. You know what I mean? Right. Because I would, God, I would be heartbroken if you did that about me. Sure. Especially something so personal. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard if you're, you know, if you're seeking counsel, that's different um, from somebody who's maybe a, a leader or a, you know, a mentor. That's fine. But just going and talking bad about your spouse, never healthy. Yeah. I'm not perfect, but that's something I tried really hard to do, especially with the porn. Yeah. Because that's not my story to tell. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate, I've always appreciated that uh, you've been a safe place for me to confide in um, and um, a safe place for me to, to be honest with, you know, um, with that issue and let you know when I am having seasons where it's like, it's a struggle and in other seasons, it's not so much a struggle. Yeah. You know, and I've found victory in um, allowing, uh, first of all, going on a on a run on a um, a conscious walk with the Lord, and allowing Him to um, remind me of who I am. Number one, Mm -hmm. as a son, yeah, um, and that I'm clothed with His righteousness. Which, when I think about that. That literally means that God, the Father, views me as righteous as Jesus is, and that He loves me as much as Jesus as He lo- as He loves Jesus, which blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And then it re- reminds me that He's given me grace, which we a lot of times don't understand grace. A lot of times we think grace is is like a mercy thing, like a forgiveness thing, mm-hmm. like oh Lord, just have mercy on me, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, give me grace, you know, like this, the scripture verse says like where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Mm-hmm. We take that as a, as a forgiveness thing mm-hmm. or a mercy thing. Grace is primarily power that mm-hmm. he gives us. He empowers us with grace. Yeah. His power, his strength, his, I can literally turn to him and say, Lord, I am struggling with this. And and, it, and he reminds me, I've given you grace over it. You already have the power. You already have the empowering yeah. as a son to walk that out. Yeah. And he reminds me. He doesn't just remove it from me. He reminds me of who I am. And then along with that, um, man, I had a I had a thought, and it was um, just like how like different ways that I've um, how he's kind of like helped me overcome it. Um, I lost that train of thought, so maybe, you know, maybe I can save it for another time. But, um, oh, allowing him to, to, allowing him to change my desires. Mm. Um, yeah, me. I've seen, huh? To me. Yeah. To me being your desire, your only no, desire. No, girl, you've always been my desire. Um, and, you, and you know that. Yeah. And you know that the issue has nothing to do with nothing to do my, with your my desire towards you. To Not at all. Um. And that's something that's hard for, for a lot of Women. Marriages, marriages in general to just yeah. understand that is nothing, nothing to do with your spouse or their, you know, their attraction. Um, you can have a fantastic sex life and it'd be equally gratifying for both parties and still deal with the issue because yeah. the issue is not, it has zero to do with your marriage. It has everything to do with, with really the desires that you have within yourself. Um, the first Timothy says um let me pull it up for, oh sorry it was not first Timothy James 1 14 said uh temptation comes from your own desires which entices and drag us away your temptations are your temptations because you desire those things mm-hmm. so Lord help me not desire them anymore it's good and my I made my prayer Lord make your desires my desires like I want to have your heart. I want to have, you know, I want to look like Jesus as much as I can. I want to love like Jesus. I want people to 
who don't know him to see him in me, yeah. you know, and be like, dude, I'm, you know, I might have all these issues with Christians and the church and blah, blah, blah. But, but you always been, you know, a bright example for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I have had, you know, handfuls of people say that to me, not as a boastful thing whatsoever. I'm just saying that like that process of asking the Lord yeah. to, re- to reflect him and making that a genuine desire, Lord, I want my desires to not be that anymore. I want my desires to be you. I want to desire you. I want to desire your heart. I want to desire looking like Jesus. Y'all, if you're a Christian, your prime desire needs to be looking like Jesus. And I have to remind myself of that every day because looking like Jesus isn't just in one area. Mm -hmm. It's also looking like Jesus in your frustrations, looking like Mm -hmm. Jesus in the things that annoy you. And you know that I deal with that a lot. Yeah. Like, I get triggered a lot by little things that annoy me. And every day I have to ask the Lord, Lord, I want to look like you. I don't want to, I don't want to look like flesh, Nathan. Yeah. I want to look like the, like the spirit man that, you know, dwells within me, mm-hmm. the Holy spirit that dwells within me. I want to, the new creation that you, that you see in me, Lord, that's what I want to look like. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to live as, mm-hmm. you know, as that Nathan. And so, um, those are just kind of some practical, you know, tips that, that um, uh, practical and spiritual tips uh, that I've implemented in my life, as well as obviously surrounding myself with some, you know, some of the best guys in the world who call, who challenge me, who sharpen me, who, mm-hmm. you know, I help, I help to sharpen them as well. Right. Yeah. And it's like people that I know who have overcome the issue or who are on that same journey, Yeah, you know, and, um, and we help each other. And aren't going right? to be shy about asking yeah, the hard 100%. questions and who I can be honest with. Yep. I've been really, really honest about some stupid things that I've done or t- just, t- just dumb decisions that I've done, you know, um, and I've been, I've had people that I can go to and talk to and, and have them, you know, call me higher, yeah. you know? Um, but there was one, just one last thing before we, we break, um, Jeremy Riddle recently shared a post and it's a really practical, practical thing, but, it um, it kind of sets a biblical precedent for setting boundaries, mm-hmm. um, because they're not the end all, fix all, right? The end all, be all, but mm-hmm. they, you need boundaries. Yeah. And um, he posted uh, Hebrew twelve twelve, and it says, "So then, strengthen hands that are weak and knees that tremble. Cut smooth, straight paths for your feet, so that the leg which is lame." may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. And so it's talking about smoothing out the road that you're on for your lame leg. Mm-hmm. All the bumpiness, all the things that would normally trip you up or cause you to fall, cause you to, you know, get that leg out of joint, like smooth that road out, set, like do the work to smooth the road out for your weak, your, your weak area. Yeah. Make that make that struggle as easy to say no to as possible. That's right. That's good. You know? And so there's biblical precedent for that. It's not mm-hmm. just self-help, you mm-hmm. know, mumbo jumbo. Like this is biblical. Yes. Yeah. And so anyway, that's it, man. Anything else you want to, you want to say? Please have grace for me guys and everything that I said. <laughs> just, that's it. No shame on anyone, man. No, no. shame on it. Everyone's got their different journey through how, They've dealt with this issue in their relationship and, you know, you do what you feel like you have to do in those moments. But I think our story, we're just, we're just trying to, to help people who are in it yeah. right now. And how do I look more like Jesus through the I whole thing? I think that thing? that's the, if you take anything away from this, man, woman, struggle, don't struggle, your spouse struggles. How do I look like Jesus in this situation? Our highest call yeah. as Christians is to look like him. Mm-hmm. Look like him. Yeah. Love like him. Yeah. You know, no matter how many times the person that you love falls, mm-hmm. you know, and again, we're not talking about major, no. you know, major, major things. And that's like, what is that not major? Like, yeah, porn's major, but we're not talking about abusive relationships. We're not talking about someone going off and actually cheating, you know, emotional, you know, a, a, an emotional affair, a physical affair, like that stuff, you should probably go get talk to someone. Go, go get some counsel. Get some counsel. Maybe, you this know. This too, but definitely that. Yes, definitely. You need counseling, 100%. You know, especially if it gets, you know, gets to that point. 
or you need, you can't do it on your own anymore, right? Um, but uh, anyway, no Jesus. shame. That's all Look we're like trying Jesus. to say. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, hanging in here with us for this one. I know it was a little bit heavy. And um, just uh, for anyone out there that is struggling with it, just know that uh, we're a safe place for you to come and reach out to and talk mm-hmm. to us. And, and um, you know, we're not a place of judgment. We're not a place of, you know, no, you're doing it wrong. Like, no, we're just, we've gone through it. We, you know, we've we've seen the way that the Lord can really strengthen uh strengthen you in the in in that issue so anyway love y'all sorry we're a little over that hour mark but uh good stuff we'll see y'all in the next one